All right. Uh, countdown to 2023. I keep wanting to say 2022. 2023 March Madness uh, NCAA tournament. You know, honestly, I don't like when people call the NCAA tournament March Madness, and I almost struggle that I kind of do the same thing. So it's kind of, I don't know. It's because, like, you know, March Madness to me is like almost everything that happens in March, like conference tournaments should count as a part of that. But what do I know? All madness. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of my thoughts uh, to kind of open the show here. And I mean, they stole Um, it from Illinois high school basketball. So certainly, of course, everybody knows that well-known fact. Uh, All right, let's do the headliners here. Best part about this is that you don't even know what I'm going to say. Yep. No clue. Here we go. All right. First thing, uh, Purdue loses at Northwestern and Alabama is the new number one. I think Alabama has been the best team in the country for two weeks at least. And honestly, other than that lost Oklahoma, they have been way better than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, they've been good. I mean, you're due for a hiccup here and there, you know, um, the, the blowout to Oklahoma is kind of shocking, but yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Alabama's the best team in the country. I mean, they started the year nine and two and they're now 22 and three. So, and like you look at their margin of victory. I mean, they beat Vandy by 57, LSU by 10, Florida by 28, Auburn on the road. That's a tough environment. They won by eight, and Miller didn't even uh, have that great of a game. He was 0 for 7 from 3, but was 5 for 5 inside, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think this Alabama team is pretty safely the best team in the country. Um, I'm not ready to kind of go too hard on Purdue. I think uh, the concerns that people have with Purdue right now is probably about their guards. Um and that was going to happen at some point. They're both freshmen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think I, that- they just seem to get, they got a lot of freshmen in them, you know, um, they towards the end of the game. I mean, I think somebody shared that they had like seven turnovers towards the end of the game, one field goal. So, uh, and it, it all depends on how Edie's refed, right? I mean, you, you were texting me during the game and thought that he got clobbered twice in a row. Um, I didn't think so, so much. That about was, this one. The second one, I thought Northwestern so. coming out. So, you know. yeah, but give, um, give Chris Collins credit. Their plan to guard Edie is better than what anybody else has done against them all year. He had six turnovers. I know he had five a couple games ago, but six turnovers. And a lot of those were due to the way that Northwestern was defending him. Yeah. Where you, yeah. where you double and you bring anybody on the, like anybody could come in and double. You don't know who's going to double. Yeah. They, they definitely harder. attacked Edie hard. Um, and that's how you make the ref blow the whistle. If they don't blow the whistle, you, you keep playing. I, I don't know. I think that they're, I think that Purdue has the most, flaws out of the top teams right now yeah Um, and i'm assuming the other top teams you're talking about would be houston alabama ucla probably yeah yeah Yeah. well i think that they they rely on freshmen more than any of those teams except for maybe alabama just because miller is i mean i'd rely on him too he's the best freshman in the country and i don't really think it's even close right uh he's not the next kevin durant we can get that out of the way that's just a ridiculous <laughs> comparison i don't know why greenberg does this like every year he's got one where it's insane like he said mo bamba was a mix of anthony davis and somebody else it's like why are we comparing some of the best college players of all time to like they're good players they're really good players but come on i mean 
Kevin Durant played one year, had 26 points per game at Texas. He's also probably one of the 10 to 12 best NBA players of all time. And we're comparing an 18-year-old to that. We can't do that. And the other thing is Anthony Davis is one year at Kentucky. I think he's the best shot blocker I've ever seen in college basketball ever. And yeah. to compare Mo Bamba, who's, you know, he's a good player at Texas, but like, what, what are we, what are we doing? I just, <laughs> So dumb to me, but uh, that doesn't take anything away from how good Brandon Miller is. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Braden Smith more than Fletcher Lawyer. I'm a little bit concerned about. Um, I think Smith had three turnovers in this game, but he seemed to make a lot of mistakes down the stretch. Yeah, uh, and the big thing with Lawyer is that Lawyer is a much better shooter than Smith, so you can kind of make up for some of that stuff. And if Purdue doesn't have guys like Gillis or First or Morton making some shots for you, and if Edie's not scoring 25 it's a little bit of a problem, but that's also a lot of things that have to go wrong for them to lose. That's true. Yeah. um, I'm not ready to push the panic button or be too concerned about them yet. I mean, they are 23 and three and the big 10 is one of those leagues where you never really know what's going to happen unless you're playing Minnesota. So (laughs) um, not too concerned, but I think more than anything, you got to give credit to Northwestern and uh, my guy, Boo Booey finally showed up uh, efficiently in a big game. Heck of a game by Boo. Finally, finally. It's only his 10th I know year. That, I know that made you ha- happy, you know. Well, about time. I mean, Jesus, the guy's <laughs> the most inefficient player I've ever seen ever, if you don't count 20 or 30 others, but still <laughs> bad at times. But he was good, and Audis turned it on the second half. So Northwestern, yeah. props, they're going to make the tournament. Uh, so, yeah, good, good for you guys. Second, I mean, I don't understand that, that Barstool Northwestern account is an absolute joke on Twitter. All they do is talk shit. And it's like, you're Northwestern. You've made <laughs> one tournament. You're about to make your second and you're not going to the second weekend. I would almost guarantee that. But also matchups matter way more than seating. So who knows who's going to get to the second weekend. It's true. Uh, and if anybody should know that, it should be us Illinois people. Yeah. Because Illinois certainly had two Sweet two 16 teams. worthy teams that mm-hmm. didn't get there either time. So maybe uh, maybe we'll see a little bit of uh, Northwestern and Gonzaga in round two, just like the last time Northwestern made it. So there you go. It might have been round one, actually. I think it was an eight versus nine. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's, that you know, sounds wrong. but It does sound certainly wrong, but it also <laughs> felt right when I said it there. <laughs> I'm going to fact check myself there as I get to the second thing here. I'll let you lead lead this one. Uh, Tennessee has lost three of four after beating Texas. Missouri choked a lead, but DeAndre Golson with an insane buzzer beater uh, to propel Missouri to a victory. And I think if any of the top teams or the perceived top teams or the top teams in terms of metrics, the one I'd be worried about the most right now is Tennessee. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand the concern. They, they can look like – the best team in the country and they can look absolutely horrendous. Um, but two back-to-back buzzer beaters. I mean, I know that they're, they're losses regardless, but you know, the Vanderbilt one, probably a lot worse than the Missouri one. Um, but I still like this Tennessee team. I think that, that they can do something if they can get it all together at the same time. Uh, I hear, People are already saying um, their coach should be on the hot seat because of this, because of back-to-back buzzer beater losses. Um, so I don't know. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
I think one concern I have, and I've heard a lot of people say this, I don't even know who, I think multiple people I've heard say this, so I can't really credit anybody for saying this, but just know that I'm not the first person to say this. I almost ran out of breath there. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have like a go-to guy on the offensive end. Yeah. Like if you need a basket and you need, like you look at down the list, Houston, Marcus Sasser, Alabama, mm-hmm. Brandon Miller, UCLA, you probably go Hawkes or Campbell. Uh, Purdue, you go Edie, even Fletcher Lawyer is a guy that I would rely on to make a shot. So those teams right there all have a guy. Does Tennessee have a guy? I mean, Sakai Ziegler is a good player, really good defender, but he's also like 5'9". So it's like, I don't know if he's going to be able to get a bucket in certain spots where you need it. Vescovi is a nice player, experienced, probably not. Maybe if you need a spot up three in the corner, yeah, sure. But uh, Julian Phillips is a freshman. I just don't think that they have a guy, and that's concerning because you look at like teams that have won national championships, you always have a guy. You get to yeah. the final four, you're going to need a guy. Right. Also, let me fact check myself. That was a 37 and two Gonzaga team that lost the national championship to North Carolina. So that was round two that Northwestern uh, lost to them. Gotcha. Lost North Carolina, the uh, Gonzaga team that year. I remember that tournament very well. So I kind of didn't line the years up on that one. Anyway, yeah, but I don't think Tennessee has a guy. You know, um, Kansas last year had a guy. North Carolina kind of like North Carolina had like three guys, but also it's like Caleb Love. We're really going to call him a guy. I mean, he's just. I mean, he made huge shots against Duke in the Final Four, but, um, but like Ocheg Baji, like Tennessee doesn't have that, so right. that's my concern with them. Maybe Missouri does have a guy. I mean, that was kind of a lucky shot by Golden. <laughs> I would say Kobe Brown would be the guy that I would want from Missouri. Maybe not in that spot, but yeah. bizarre. Uh, speaking of Texas, who did lose to Tennessee, but they've been really good. Other than that, uh, since Chris Beard incident. Um, <laughs> Texas is 13 and four under Rodney Terry, uh, including nine and three in the Big 12. They just beat West Virginia by 34 on Saturday. Uh, they lost to Kansas, but that's that's at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Marcus Carr was really good in that game. They kept it close, lost by eight. You take that loss any day. Uh, but they beat Baylor. They beat K State on the road. And then West Virginia is a good team, especially metrics. Like West Virginia has as good of metrics for any team in the country that has 10 losses. Like they are 20th. Overall on Ken Palm, their defense is 40th, which is surprising for a Huggins team. Yeah. Uh, but their offense is good, 17th. Like, Texas went – say what you will about whatever West Virginia's defense is this year. It's not really a normal Huggins defense in terms of how good they are. Uh, but Texas scored 51 against them in the first half. So I think that says more about how good Texas's offense can be. Like – how many different guys can get some some points? I mean, they scored 94 points with Tyrese Hunter getting seven points. So seems significant. I mean, Sir Jabari Rice has been very good. He's a guy that I would rely on to make shots. I mean, four for five from three, 24 points, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. That's maybe the most underrated player on Texas's team is Jabari Rice. I think that's what they call him, but it always says Sir Jabari Sir Rice. Sir Jabari Rice, yeah. Yeah, and that's – I mean, they – they really got, you know, four guys that you, you can rely on to score. I mean, Timmy Allen um, and Tyrese Hunter. So, And Brock Cunningham, of course. Sure. Yeah. Brock Cunningham. What's he shooting from three? I'd be very curious. Um, Let me see if I can find that. He's shooting uh, 46. Yeah. What are, yeah. 19 for 41. That's so. the guy, you know, post him in the corner. Nobody's going to be paying attention to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
That is how they do it there. Uh, but yeah, Texas uh, looks really good. I don't know if I'm ready to say that they're the best team in the Big 12 right now, or at least I, I think I'd be ready to say that, but in terms of relying on them in March, I don't know if I'd be ready to say that they're the they're the, the team because I think there's like five potential ones in the Big 12. But I think it begs the question, like, if this team makes a Final Four run and, like, how do you not – bring back Rodney Terry as the head coach. I feel like that'd be hard. I, I don't think that they would. Yeah. But it'd be you have pretty, to, but... it'd be pretty hard not to. I think with yeah. a program like that that has that much money, they're gonna want to throw a lot of money at somebody. It's a, a big yeah. name. It's a bad look if you don't though. But does Texas care about looking bad? Hell no. No. <laughs> uh Brandon Miller, who I put in parentheses are not the next KD. Just want to get that out. By the way, wearing a <laughs> Phoenix Sun shirt, thank you. Uh you're the one in uh, the the NBA championship. I think it's set, all said. It's it's done. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, I will say this: out of how pathetic my fandom with the Suns has been, that was one of the best days in the history, right there. And all it was was a trade. I mean, I know it's a big trade, but one of the greatest days ever for that. And I was asleep during it, which is very annoying to me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Brandon Miller goes over seven from three. Yet Alabama wins the road at Auburn. Already got into that a little bit. Uh, Alabama just dominant. I think. You know how I feel about Tennessee right now. I don't think there's a close second to Alabama in the SEC. Uh, even They could lose two or three more games the rest of the way, and I wouldn't even consider putting Tennessee over there. I think Alabama is so much better than Tennessee. and I think they play this week, so I guess uh, money where the mouth is yeah. there. Yeah, they play yeah, Wednesday. They so, But, hey, it's a road game for Alabama. So if they lose, you lose. They'll win out, I'm sure. I mean, they got Georgia, South Carolina, Arkansas. That should be a win. Auburn, Texas A&M. So they're probably going to finish at worst – uh, seventeen and one in the SEC. I mean, they're twelve and zero right now. So <laughs> yeah, at worst, I guess would we'll probably be sixteen and two. But yeah, this team, uh, they can do it, and uh, they're young too. That's one thing about them is like they got guys playing big minutes that are young, but also they got some vets. I mean, you look at uh, Mark Sears, I believe, is a transfer from Ohio. Um, he's a junior. You got. Uh, uh, Quinterly coming off the bench. That's a senior. Namari Burnett, despite not playing very much, I think he's his third year in college. Uh, well, I guess last year he was hurt, but he's played in the tournament before at Texas Tech, sort of. Well, he didn't play. He sat on the bench. But anyway, you get the point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they there. got – this is a team that started three freshmen and a sophomore against Auburn, so. Yeah. A little young. A little worried. Maybe a little worried about that, but I think that they're – uh, well coached enough, right? You know, to uh, make a nice I, run. I think so. I, I mean, I would, I would pick them right now over anybody. Yeah, they're going to be a very popular national championship pick, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do that. Yeah, depending on that'd be silly. Why would you pick what everybody else is picking? That's why I'm never what, right. What, what are we amateurs? Uh, seriously, I mean, come on, <laughs> please. Uh, Creighton now 11 and three in the Big East with eight straight wins. Told you Creighton was good. They just had to figure it out. Slow start. Just had to figure it out. I mean, this team yeah. started nine and eight, and they're now seventeen and eight. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they went through some injuries, and um, their lineup is too good to be <clears throat> as bad as they were early. Yeah, I mean, six in a row is bad, but but it's Arizona, it's Texas, Nebraska. I can't Nebraska. excuse. BYU, I probably can't excuse. Arizona State, probably can't excuse. But Marquette, <laughs> you can excuse. Yeah. Yeah. But three of those were, were without Kalkbrenner, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that, that leading the, scorer uh, is 
is hurt. That that hurts. So Texas in that in that new building like doesn't lose. Like they lost to Kansas State there, but that was because Kansas State dropped one sixteen on them. So yeah, that's a hard place to win at Texas. Uh, but yeah, Creighton, I like them a lot. I think they'll be like a sneaky potential Elite Eight team. I think they can make a nice run just because like their lineup is so. Uh, I think they're. I'd, I'd put their lineup up against almost any other second tier team, which is I think what Creighton is right now. Uh, Nimhard, point guard play is important, and he's really good. Uh, Shireman, great transfer, good scorer, can score in a number of ways. Year two for Trey Alexander and Arthur Kluman, who I think are both NBA level prospect guys, and then Kalkbrenner's a, a veteran seven footer. So, yeah, I like them a lot. I liked them a lot preseason. I think most people liked them a lot preseason. So when they were nine and eight, it was like, Jesus, yeah, what's going on? This yep. team losing to Nebraska. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. Only putting up fifty three points against Nebraska too. Bad, yeah, and Greasel at eighteen, Walker at twenty two. So 40 of the 63 from Nebraska were from two guys. Not good for Creighton. Uh, next up, uh, Maryland, question mark, question mark. Eight and six in the Big Ten after uh, being three and five in late January. I mean, Maryland's lineup um, on paper always looked pretty good in terms of how good Jameer Young was looking early. And, uh, you know, if you can get Hakeem Hart and Dante Scott to make some shots – those yeah. guys have been around. So yeah. I'm not too surprised to see them starting to reemerge a little bit. I think one thing that helps a lot is scheduling. Uh, Wisconsin at home, that's an easy win with where Wisconsin's at. Nebraska at home, easy. Indiana at home, I think that's not an easy win, but in that building, it's hard to win. So catch them in a good spot there. Obviously, Minnesota's terrible. At Michigan State, that's whatever, fine. Penn State, solid win. I mean, Penn State – from a record resume perspective, it doesn't look like a very good win, but it's they're pretty hard to beat for those who don't know don't know ball in the Big Ten. I don't know if everybody in the country knows ball in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I mean Maryland is it's one of those like Hakeem Hart's been struggling from three. Uh if he can get that going again. Um this team's three hundred and thirty fifth in the country in three point wow. percentage. That is very surprising. Yeah, they they're following a very Illinois like model for this season in terms of metrics, with the exception of like tempo. Like they're both teams are bad from three. They're both very good from two. The one difference is Illinois is terrible from the free throw line. Maryland's pretty good, and Illinois' defense is a little bit better than Maryland's, but Maryland probably has a better offense. They're very similar teams. I think. I think Illinois probably has more talent, but I think Maryland's more experienced and has a backcourt that, I mean. You know, the 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 Maryland backcourt is two guys that hadn't played in the Big Ten until this season, Jameer Young and Donald Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jameer Young came from Charlotte. Donald Carey came from, I think, Georgetown. So it's a year one of a new coach. Got to fit the pieces, put those together. So I'm not surprised to see them starting to figure it out again. You also got to remember, at the time of them starting to fall apart after they started 8-0, they went at Wisconsin. And this was when Wisconsin was playing well. This was early December. So that's fine. You could lose that game at Wisconsin. Uh, neutral against Tennessee, when Tennessee was really, really good. They still are. But uh, UCLA had just gotten hot when they played them, and they got killed by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, you know, at Michigan, at Rutgers, those are tough games to win. They lost those at Iowa. Like, they weren't really losing, like, bat. Like, their four, their five, their first five losses in the Big Ten when they started three and five. Mm-hmm. 
all road games at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Rutgers, at Iowa, at Purdue. Yeah. You can excuse those. So yeah. their, their schedule's gotten easier and they're winning more games now. So I think it's kind of unsurprising. Yeah. And they just got to play Purdue. Yeah. So. Purdue off of a loss. <laughs> And then right. you get Nebraska and Minnesota, and I still look at Northwestern like that's easy, but it's not, so I can't. <laughs> uh, and then at Ohio State, at Penn State. I think uh, if Maryland can win, what, three of their last six, I think comfortably you're fine. I mean, that's 11-9 and nine in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, you look at some of their wins. They got an Indiana win on the resume. They got an Illinois win on the resume, both of those being at home. Neutral against uh, Miami is definitely important. Yeah. So, yeah, this is – certainly say this is a tournament team. Uh, also in the Big Ten – Ohio State, not a tournament team. They are horrific, Brutal uh, is, is one way to put it. Uh, 41 points against Michigan State yesterday, and they are now 3-11 and 11 in the Big Ten. And still probably, what, 10 in offensive efficiency? 27th. <laughs> they scored 14 points. Was it 14? The first half? It was yeah. It was actually 11, and they made a three with like five seconds left. <laughs> Gosh. This team, since January 5th, after beating Northwestern on New Year's Day, this team is uh, – I don't even want to do the math. It's so bad, but I believe they are 1-11 since January 5th. I mean, it's actually insane that a team that's 11-14 and 14 can be a quad one win. Well, that's just a whole different, whole different situation. Uh, I mean, they started 2-0 in the Big Ten. Three and eleven. I mean, yeah. Jesus. And they are not. Some of these losses are. Whew, Minnesota, Nebraska, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Those bums at Illinois. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> not good. Not good. And then now they go Iowa, Purdue, Penn State, Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State. So this team could very easily finish like five and fifteen in the Big Ten. Yeah. And then still be like a one seed in the NIT. <laughs> so yeah, not not good. Uh, I don't think this. I don't think there's any reason to think that Holtman should be on the hot seat. Uh, but this is just a very puzzling, questionable season. They're relying a lot on freshmen. As good as Bryce Sensabaugh is, it's hard to win in the Big Ten, regardless. So I don't know. It's just everything's gone wrong for them. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're uh, not not a good not a good basketball squad. I think one thing to think about in the Big Ten is if you're not that good, like inside the three-point arc, you probably aren't going to have that much success in the Big Ten unless you're just bombing teams from three. Because like you look, Purdue's 35th in two-point percentage. Uh, Indiana's 45th. Northwestern is an outlier. They're just terrible in both two-point percentage and three-point percentage, but they make free throws and they defend. Yeah. Uh, Illinois, we all know that they're really they're 16th in two point percentage. So those are like, you want to be good in the Big Ten, you got to be good from inside the three. Uh, unless you're Northwestern or Rutgers, who are both terrible, but they just defend. So that's just one factor there. I think if you if you struggle from two point percentage and you can't defend, you're Ohio State. I think would be <laughs> would be my thoughts there. Uh, next up, Kentucky. I want to save most of this for the bubble, but Kentucky, not a tournament team by any means to no. me. Um, but some fields you know they'll still be in some some places so i mean that's kind of a brand thing i think it was really hard for duke to stay out a couple years ago despite how terrible they were they stayed out but it was always a discussion up until the end right right so yeah that's what i mean you put kentucky in because they're kentucky i mean this team sucks they definitely don't have the the wins to just they don't defend 
They bring back a national player of the year, uh, literally a guy who won national player of the year last year, and his defense is horrific. He disappears in games. He had four effing points on two of 14 shooting and a win over Florida. That should tell you all you need to know about his impact on the team this year. Uh, Seven points against Arkansas. I mean, the guy just disappears. You look at last year, he was dominating everybody. He had 30 points against – against St. Peter, 30 and 16, and they lost to St. Peter's. Like, it's so backwards now. It's like they don't even need him now, but they needed him so badly last year. Yeah. And And I think this is more of a reflection. It's more of a reflection on Calipari than anything. I just don't think that he's he's adapted very well. I think his assistants are recruiting plants. (laughs) Totally unbiased opinion there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just – I don't think he knows his team as well as – like, I think – some of the people that I follow, I'm not going to say they're media guys because that's just certain connotations, right? It's like national media. The, the ESPN, they don't really pay attention that much. The the other people, like the the Ant Wright, you know, the, the Field of 68, those types of people, right? Mm-hmm. Ones who actually watch and follow the game is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but, like, he doesn't have the ever, like, have the right lineups or know the right – like, it's just he doesn't know his team or so, – or he's like, or severe Wheeler has something on him. I, I don't. I just, it's a disaster. Um, and if we're gonna have an actual conversation about blue blood struggling, Kentucky should be on that list. Because I'll yeah. tell you right now, nobody gives a flying f about Louisville. Okay, because there was this blue blood <laughs> thinking Wisconsin's a blue blood, according to CBS. Blue blood struggling: Wisconsin, Syracuse, Louisville, and Villanova. None of those, none of those are blue bloods. <laughs> none of them. That's brutal. The blue bloods are Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke, UCLA, and I guess Indiana. I guess. Which there should be a statute limitations on uh, statute <laughs> of long, limitations on how much you how can suck. You can, yeah. Before you are, st- I mean, <laughs> why you're still considered one? I mean, UCLA hasn't won one in a long time, but that's true. They were they were in one two years ago. Yeah. Um, and Kansas won last year, Duke won in 15, Kentucky won in 12, North Carolina won in 17, uh, Villanova recent, they're a recent team like that, but they're not a blue blood. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the other team that I was going to say, uh, also won at some point, I'm sure. So yeah, Indiana won in like 1946. Uh, anyway, (laughs) uh, no bias here. We'll get to Kentucky a little bit in a minute. Uh, their only good win, though, is Tennessee. So, at Tennessee, that is a big win, but still. Uh, you you texted this yesterday, I think, uh, about the most vulnerable one seed. Yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, do you think it's Purdue? I mean, you make it seem like it's Purdue. I think it's Purdue, yeah. I think it's fair. I mean, like I said, though, I think a lot with like four or five things would have to go wrong for them to like just have no chance. But Yeah, but I like in their two lot, you just saw like – uh, Brennan Smith just kind of like fall apart. Um, and, and it just seems like the team doesn't ha- have that. I, I don't know. I mean, cause there's other games where they probably like, was it Ohio state that they probably should have lost that game? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Michigan state. I don't know. Um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, yeah, I worry that they don't have that that instinct. I mean, you see these games where they're they're up fifteen at half in Maryland. They're all they close. Lost. They're all close. 
In that so Maryland game that you lost at Mackey a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree just because it's easy to trust Kansas. It's easy to trust Houston. But Houston's had some very puzzling performances yeah. as well. Like As good as Kent State is defensively, Houston should be able to score more than 49 against them at home. Uh, from a metrics perspective, Houston's probably the best team in the country. Um, but, I mean, they do have some puzzling offensive performances. Uh, Alabama, I think they're great, but I'm a little bit worried about them just because of how young they are. I think that would concern me a little bit. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that they're produced probably the team. It's also easy to say that because they lost yesterday. But, That's true. <laughs> You're uh, not wrong there. Yeah. So, And we're also close to it since we watched yeah. the Big Ten or pay attention to the Big Ten more than any more other than conference. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I love a, a good ACC Big 12 Monday where neither game is close typically. It's always a good time, <laughs> um, which is what it seems like every Monday is just like an ACC game and a Big 12 game. So, yeah, I don't know when that became a thing, but all right. Uh, and then my last one here, the Pac-12, very weird conference right now. Uh, UCLA is as dominant as anybody. They're 12-2 and two in the conference. Um, I thought they might lose that game against Oregon. I mean, I picked Oregon. To, to win that game. I should have gone Oregon over USC instead of Oregon over UCLA, but that was just a <laughs> mistake by me, you know, uh, press on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they lost back-to-back to Arizona and USC, both on the road after an 8-0 start. Uh, but, after you know, other than that, they've been really good. Like, since Vegas, when they lost to Illinois and Baylor, they've been really good. So, yeah. or, yeah, they lost to Illinois and Baylor, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know about the rest of the conference. The Arizona is also very good. But other than that, like Oregon, Oregon, I think, is a team where you're going to make me, you know, you're going to say, oh, well, you're an Altman guy, you know, all this. But Oregon, if they were healthy at guard, they would be a tournament team right now. I have no doubt in saying that. Uh, yeah. Utah is weird. I mean, Utah's got some some good wins in the Pac-12. They beat Arizona, I believe. So uh, they got that going. But other than that, they don't really have a resume. Like, this could easily be a two-bid league. I don't think it will be, but, like, it's just – yeah, that's how I was gonna say. How many how many teams do you think? Probably three. In? Probably three. And I don't. USC is teetering right now. Yeah. Like USC just lost to Oregon State, I believe. Unless I just yeah. blacked yeah. out and forgot. Back to back losses at Oregon yeah. and Oregon State. So. And that's 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 think about the losses that USC has uh, eight losses. Think about some of these, okay? Uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. To start the season, Florida Gulf Coast is. A good team in terms of what you're looking for in year one for Pat Chambers there, which I bet a lot of people, other than than my uh, than my guy Tony Patelis, but a lot of people didn't even know Pat Chambers was was uh, coaching again. But uh, he is, and uh, yeah, Florida Gold Coast is not a team that USC should lose to. Uh, Tennessee, you can excuse that. It was an overtime neutral site. Wisconsin, I think I'll excuse it just because it was neutral site and it was when Wisconsin was playing well. Yeah. Uh, but other like Washington State's an okay team, but you you probably shouldn't lose that game. And then Oregon State's bad. Other than that, it's not that bad. But USC's got to be careful. Uh, you got Cal coming up, you can win that. You got Stanford at home, you can win that. Colorado on the road, you can win that. Utah and Arizona back to back, you could probably lose one of those two or both, and maybe be okay. Arizona State, you got to win. But if USC doesn't get it together, I think this is maybe a two-bid league, which wouldn't be that surprising because I think there's other conferences that are going to get a lot. Yeah. Like, I think the Big Ten will probably get seven or eight. I think the ACC will magically, miraculously get six or seven. 
<laughs> the the uh, SEC will probably get five or six, and the Big Twelve will probably get eight out of ten. So you could go like six and twelve in the pack in the Big Twelve and get in probably. Um, which is where Somebody is is might be doing that. I mean, what's your name is four and eight. Four and uh, eight. <laughs> is like there any is our me, metrics ruining college basketball? I think is is a discussion point that people want to have. Uh, I don't know. They got to have some way to judge who should get in. I guess. Um, I think the committee's actually done a pretty good job of balancing it the last few years. But I'll be very curious because I think it may might be this Saturday if they keep doing the. The initial top 16, I think that might be this Saturday. I'd be curious to see how they match up uh, yeah. some teams based on resume metrics. Because if you look at Tennessee, number one defense in the country, fourth overall on Ken Palm with their metrics. So that's a very good metric team with some bad losses. Yeah. So I'd be curious. To see, and UConn is another good team or another team that's great in terms of metrics, but seven losses. So I don't know. Will they reward a team like St. Mary's who – has great metrics and is twenty two and five and beat Gonzaga, but lost to uh, to Loyola Marymount. I mean, I don't know. Weird spot. Does Loyola Marymount have wins over Gonzaga and St. Mary's? <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Um, they also beat Nevada. They got some nice wins. Shout out to uh, the the Lions from Loyola Marymount. Mm-hmm. Stan Johnson, as everybody knows, head coach, third year there. It's done a good job. Last year was a, was a was a blip on the radar. Uh, anyway, all right. Pajimski, though. So, you know. Well, that's just a different animal right there. That's yeah. top five pick, probably, <laughs> in the second round. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bracketologically speaking, to the bracketological stuff, didn't print any brackets out this week. I think I'm going to do that every other week. I'll print a few brackets out. But I was looking at Bracket Dom, who we did give a shout out to last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is February 11th. So obviously, Purdue lost. So that probably changes them out of the number one overall seed. Probably moves Alabama in. But uh, I think, yeah. A lot of this will tie into the bubble talk. So I don't want to do too much of the bubble stuff right now. Yeah. But just looking at some movement overall, I think. Uh, we could be in for some elite eight nine matchups, but then we could be in for some very boring and bad ones. AKA Michigan State Missouri would be a fun game. I'd be curious to see how Izzo would defend Missouri's offense, and then I think Tyson Walker has tournament star written all over him. Like he makes so many big shots. Like if you, I was just literally, I had Ohio State off to the left yesterday. Ohio State Michigan State because I wasn't really paying attention because I was like. I can't watch Ohio State and like really pay attention. It's so <laughs> hard to watch. But every time I look over, Tyson Walker makes a shot, makes a shot, makes it. I mean, literally every I just and Hogard's the same way. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, but then a terrible ones like NC State West Virginia. No, I don't want to watch that. As much <laughs> as I like Huggins, and they do have uh, Traquavion Smith, NC State good guard. But no, no interest in that. And then another one, Maryland Pittsburgh. No, I literally I can't have any l- more le- less interest. Excuse me. Really? Uh, no, I just Maryland doesn't do it for me. Pittsburgh definitely doesn't do it for me. Now another one, Arkansas FAU would be fascinating. I, I think, think Arkansas so. yeah. Arkansas healthy would blow the doors off of them, but yeah, you know, must must knows how to coach in March, folks. People forget that. That's People true. forget. It. And UConn Hofstra four thirteen that would have explosive. I think Hofstra would take them right down to the wire. That would be a big thing for the Northeast there. And uh, 
Speedy Claxton is doing a good job at Hofstra. Really good job. Taking yeah. over for a, a program legend. Speedy's, Speedy's doing great. I mean, Joe Mahalik or whatever his name. I think that was his name. I don't it's, mean to say whatever his name, but he, Speedy's a, real name because it's not Speedy. Well, that's what we're calling him. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear what Illinois' matchup is according to Bracket Dom? Uh, yeah, sure. You probably already have it pulled up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New Mexico, UNC uh, playing. Who do you want to play out of those two? Uh, Sign me up for Brad Underwood running circles around Richard Patino again. Yeah. Sign I would, me I up. Would, I would love to see see that again. Sign me up for Caleb Love going six for 28 against uh, Darren <laughs> Shannon. Sign me up. Love it. Uh, uh, but yeah, like uh, let's let's let me shift over here to uh, Lenardi because it's not usually updated. Lenardi is the most overrated uh, bracketologist ever. I mean, it's just because he works for ESPN. ESPN has so many rejects and so many eye positions. Lenardi is not that good at his job. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is horrific at his job. Give me a break. That guy is a. You talk about a plant for the new for the for the Brooklyn Nets. That's what that guy was. Because all he was saying was that Kevin Durant was not going to be traded. AKA the GM is feeding me information. But this isn't an NBA show, so let's move along. Uh, this is before Saturday. That's why I don't usually bring the Lenardi up because he doesn't update until tomorrow. It's dumb and it's lazy. You should be updating every day or every two days. You loser. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Lenardi eight uh, nine. I mean, here's an even more boring one. NC State Northwestern. Oh my god. Yeah. Kill me now, please. <laughs> here's a fascinating five twelve. Indiana Oral Roberts. I, I think Indiana would kill them, but that's kind of fascinating on paper. Just because Max A. Smith can get thirty, I don't think that they could slow down TJJ. TJ, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Duke Missouri seventh in that would kind of be fun. Be curious. I think I think Missouri would probably score ninety against them, but hey, that'd be be a good time for everybody, huh? Uh, how Kansas Youngstown State two versus fifteen. You remember Youngstown State has like the fortieth best offense, but like the three hundredth best defense. <laughs> that would be a fascinating ninety eight to forty three <laughs> game uh, in favor of Youngstown State, of course. Yes. Um, He's also got Yukon Hofstra. Interesting. He's got Iowa versus a play-in of New Mexico, Kentucky. So still had Kentucky in which I think they lost to Georgia Saturday, right? So they would probably either be out or on the very edge mm-hmm. of of being out. Uh, Arkansas, West Virginia, eight versus nine. Sign me up, Musbus versus Huggins all day. Thank you. Uh, Michigan State versus FAU. Sure, why not? Um, Illinois versus a play-in of North Carolina, Texas A&M. Sure. Love to beat either of those loser teams. I hope they don't have to play a play-in. Hate playing play-ins. Because there's momentum generated sometimes. Absolutely. Don't tell don't tell that to Indiana though, because Indiana got picked apart by St. Mary's <laughs> after a play-in last year. That's true. And I don't remember the other one. Who was the other play-in? It was Wisconsin or no, it was Indiana, Wyoming. And then I think it was what, Notre Dame Rutgers, right? Yeah. And Notre Dame beat Alabama in round one, but that was because of injuries. So let's just throw that out there. Quinterly got hurt like right away, and they were screwed. They got Brandon Miller now. So, And Noah Clowney. Noah Clowney's a very good player. Noah Clowney might be a lottery pick himself. They might have two lottery picks in that Alabama team. Anyway, uh, Pittsburgh-Auburn, 8-9. Yeah, I'd rather just not watch that. But I'm going to watch all these games because I'm, a, I'm a, sure. an idiot and a sicko a and fan. a loser. Okay. All right, let's, let's talk bubble. You wanted to talk bubble? We'll talk bubble. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Um, the amount of teams that 
seem to don't want to get in the tournament. So Kentucky. <laughs> um, yeah, Kentucky would be one of those. Um, so I also took this from Bracket Dom. So this was Saturday before the games, I believe, that he posted his. Um, so teams that lost on Saturday that are hanging on to the bubble. Uh, Clemson at an 11 seed, which is absolutely insane to be tied for first in the ACC and on the bubble. But, you know, when your non-conference Metrics. is that bad. Metrics. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, USC, uh, we talked about them a little bit before. Uh, he has them as a uh, last four by. They lost. Kentucky, he has last four in who lost. Of course, all these teams lost, so I'll quit saying they lost. Um, <laughs> New Mexico, last four in for him. Seton Hall is the next four out. Utah State, next four out. Wisconsin, last four out. Oregon, last four out. And then uh, I took uh, consideration from Joe Lenardi because Bracket Dom doesn't have those. Um, Florida, Penn State, and Michigan are all under consideration. Um, so they would be like the the next last four out, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so all those teams lost. So uh, not good for them. And then uh, also teams that won on the bubble. Uh, Boise State currently a 10 seed in this. Oklahoma State, which was a last four by. Nevada was a last four by. Memphis was a last four in. North Carolina, last four in. Texas A&M, last four out. Mississippi State, last four out. Wake Forest, next four out. And Arizona State, next four out. So there's going to be some uh, some movement around there. Um, who do you think is is really struggling right now? Well, I think the answer always goes back to John Calipari's team. Sure. Um, I mean, they yeah. suck. I mean, how else can you put it? Like, they lost to Georgia. I know it's on the road. They didn't play well against Georgia at home either. Like, that was a pretty close game as well. Um, they're not good. I'm not that surprised to see Arizona State kind of fading a little bit. They're 9-6 and six in conference now. They started, you know, 6-1. and one. Uh, yeah. then, then they played UCLA, USC, lost both of those games. Then the momentum really started to, to go downhill. Uh, but they can redeem themselves. I mean, they got – uh, five games left in the Pac-12, all five against Ken Palm top 60s. So Colorado, Utah, Arizona, UCLA, USC. You go four and one in that stretch, you probably, I mean, you certainly get in because that's 22 sure. and nine. I don't yeah. care what your resume is. You got 22 wins and you win a couple of those games. that will go a long way uh, yeah. in that. And um, I just think that Call me biased because I don't like Bruce Pearl, but like Auburn's resume is so underwhelming, and they're going to get in because they have good metrics. And but like the, their best wins are Northwestern on neutral site where they scored forty three points, mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas when Arkansas was really banged up at home, and then what's the third one like Mississippi State? I mean that's just yeah. so such an underwhelming resume. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean. It- Of course, this was before Saturday, but uh, he had Auburn as a seven. It's just ridiculous to me. Their resume (laughs) sucks. I mean, their non-conference is pathetic. George Mason, South Florida, Winthrop, Texas Southern, and then your multi-team of it, you play Bradley and Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern's good, but come on. You think think the loss Saturday moves them to closer to the bubble then i think most just that people, one loss i think most have them as like an eight or a nine so yeah. maybe maybe drop into a 10 i just i don't know their metrics are too good and their record is fine so they'll be fine plus they got the whole you know they're auburn and they've had 
yeah. previous success. That'll probably help them, but I think that they're just such an I'm I'm a one hundred percent picking against them in round one, no matter who they play. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think Memphis, Memphis, Kentucky, North Carolina, New Mexico are all teams I would consider borderline right now. Probably like either some have them out, some have them in the play-in. Mm-hmm. I think those are all teams. I think the Mountain West could get a surprising amount of bids depending on what shakes out here. Uh, I'm surprising. I mean, like just from like a, you look at it, you're like, oh my god, the Mountain West has four bids. I think that would be very interesting because um, I think. Some conference like the Pac-12, if the Pac-12 only gets two, that's going to help the Mountain West probably. If the yeah. Big Ten only gets like seven, which is possible, that would also help. Um, I do wonder like what is – I mean, I would assume Wisconsin, the fact that they're even being considered by anybody is kind of insane to me. Well, yeah, and well, this of course, this was last four out before they lost this weekend. So yeah. I assume that they have moved I have to assume clearly Michigan. off the bubble. Michigan's dead unless they win the Big Ten tournament or get close. I would think, yeah. Um, like, what's Michigan's I resume? I mean, I haven't even looked. I mean, that Saturday was a huge opportunity for them at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, right. that, I think that, if they win that game, they they get back in. They have a, they're eight and six in the Big Ten. It's just their non conference was brutal, and they've lost some bad ones. I here's the yeah. thing with Michigan. That game Saturday was so winnable. Like that last sequence, like that's the best shot you get there. That's just really bad. That's been their MO all year. Yeah. I mean, that's what we we were watching the game and um the announcer said, I gotta think this goes to Hunter Dickinson. And I told my wife, I said, No, this is going to Jet Howard because the only person that Juwan Howard cares about is Jet Howard getting drafted. So Strong take, uh, you know. I'm not going to take a stance there, but uh, I, I mean, if you look at if you look at their you know final plays, Jet Howard is chucking up terrible. Threes he's their best shooter a lot, but they're not good threes. Like that's the thing; they're not good shots. And then and then Jawan thinks he gets fouled on all of them. So give it to Kobe Bufkin. Kobe Bufkin's been really good. Let him eat, son. Uh, but like their best win is probably. Killing Maryland at home, yeah. at Michigan, of course. Uh, Non-conference-wise, yeah. their best win is killing Pittsburgh by 31. But then they also followed that game up by losing to Arizona State by 25, lost to Virginia by two, lost to Kentucky by four, lost to North Carolina by four, lost to Central Michigan. That's a killer right there. Uh, Central Michigan is one of the worst teams in the country, and yeah. losing to them in Ann Arbor is just – that should have killed them right there. But also they have a good Big Ten record. So yeah, I don't know. And I don't tough. know. Like my th- like, I don't know if Juwan Howard is just not a good coach, or he just like the players just don't listen to him. Like I don't understand what Michigan is. Honestly, I don't. No. I I mean this this the the deal that you you have right now is like the the lineup is fine. I think I think they're a good enough team that they should be able to have. They should have a better record than they do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just they haven't won games they needed to win. They haven't been good late in games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the Big Ten right now is looking at seven or eight bids. Um, just one that was updated today. This is from 131 one, Sports. This is the number six overall bracketologist in terms of the last three-plus years and combined accuracy and such on bracket met, uh, matrix. Uh, last four in Memphis, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, USC. So USC very much on the edge 
first four out Clemson, which is just going to, that's going to turn heads. When people yeah. who don't start paying attention to college basketball until now, <laughs> when they see Clemson being like the number two or three seed in the ACC tournament and then missing the tournament, <laughs> it's going to turn heads. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State, first four out. Kentucky, Wisconsin, first four out, which Wisconsin, they, they suck, guys. Yeah. Why can't I we understand know. that? They're terrible. Yeah, I feel they like they are horrible. They got to move off that. So. Uh, next four out, Oregon, which, like I said, they don't get injured. They might be a one seed right now. We all know what Dana does. We all know it. Uh, Virginia Tech, Utah State, Seton Hall. So some different names in there. Um, his breakdown has the uh, the Big Ten with uh, eight teams, Purdue, Indiana, Rutgers, Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State, Maryland, Northwestern. I don't think you can argue any of those eight right now yeah. as it currently stands. It, um, seems like, it seems like everybody right now has eight for the Big Ten. How many um, Big Ten teams out of those eight would you consider to be like ver- like pretty much locks? I would say probably seven, right? Like Northwestern after yesterday's got to like uh, yeah possible. I would say so. Yeah. Purdue, Indiana, Rutgers, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, Michigan State are probably all locks. So yeah. I mean, you could see Maryland falling out, and then maybe somebody jumping in, but doesn't seem that likely right now. Um, Big East he has UConn, Xavier, Marquette, Providence, Creighton. So that's five bids there. That's about right. Seton Hall outside looking in. The Big 12, uh, 8 out of 10. So everybody but uh, Oklahoma and uh, – hold on, I'll get there. Oklahoma <laughs> and uh, – hang on. Uh, Oklahoma and – who's that irrelevant POS? Who's that irrelevant? Cares about? Hold on, I'll get there. Hang on, Texas there, Tech. There we there go. go. <laughs> Got it. Boom. Ha, eyes were closed. Didn't cheat. Uh, American Athletic Conference 2, Houston and Memphis. And Memphis barely in. And the ACC. The ACC, it'll be, a, it'll be, a, it'll be, Jesus, it'll be an embrace <laughs> debate moment. Okay, we're going to be embracing debate about the ACC. Virginia, Miami, Duke, NC State, North Carolina, Pitt. Six teams. So, as much as this may matter or may not matter, you look at the records of those ACC schools that are projected to be in the field. Virginia eleven and three, mm-hmm. Pitt eleven and three, Miami eleven and four, NC State ten and five. Um, Duke is eight and six. North Carolina is eight and six. Clemson, who is last first four out, ten and four. Now, from a metrics perspective, Clemson has significantly worse metrics than all of those teams, with the exception, I, I think that. Well, it is pretty significant, actually. Duke's metrics aren't great, but Clemson much worse. Like, if you look overall on Ken Baum, Virginia is 14th. Pitt is 58th, which that's not great. But Pitt, I think, has better wins than Clemson. Miami, 35th. NC State, 41st. North Carolina, 32nd. And Duke is 36th. Clemson is 79th. <laughs> so the metrics are killing them here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their best win is probably at home against Duke or at home against NC State or at home against Penn State. They don't have any key road wins. Their best road win is Pitt, but like how good of a road win is that? I think Pitt kind of stinks. I just, I mean, Pitt's a tournament team, but I don't think they're that good. They're not like a signature win. Uh, so, yeah, not good, not good. I mean, they, hey, they got three games in a row that should get them to 13 and four. Florida State, Louisville, Syracuse. You can win all three of those. You get to 13 and four. Then it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know if we can keep them out. Yeah. So six yeah, games and left. I mean, you look at 
like North Carolina, the rest of North Carolina schedule. They got Miami. They got to go to NC State. They got Virginia, and they have Duke. So North Carolina's yeah. eleven seed, so they could certainly drop to a yeah. last four in, first four out team. Yeah, if they can't win. And then uh, lastly, uh, with with bubble and brackets and such, I want to get to the Mountain West. Currently, four bids according to one three one Sports: San Diego State, New Mexico, Boise State, and Nevada. Mm-hmm. With uh, with Utah State as a next four out team, so this is probably a three to five bid league, is how I would categorize the uh, the Mountain West. Uh, San Diego State should be in, Nevada should be in. Uh, Boise State is a bubble team that could get in. Uh, New Mexico should be able to get in, just don't finish too badly. And uh, yeah, so probably a five, four or five. I mean, overall in the country, a per Ken bomb out of the top thirty two conferences. The Mountain West is the sixth best conference in the country this season. So, really, says a lot about uh, <coughs> the ACC. <laughs> Seventh, interesting. Ouch. Probably hurts the ACC that they have uh, two and twelve, two and thirteen, one and thirteen as their last three. That's true. Yeah. Teams uh, that are that are there. I mean, Louisville has the metrics of a. Uh, let me see if I can. Louisville has the metrics of a Northeast Conference team which is the worst conference in the country. So, I mean, the number one team in the uh, in the Northeast Conference right now is the 362nd adjusted offense in the country. So, yeah, that's all you need to know about them. Uh, all right. I think we've all seen enough of the brackets and the tautology, right? Um, yeah. Let's go on to pick your starting five. Ba-da-ba-doo. Two years ago we did this segment, and we did, did we? it strictly from tournament teams, but – I went with a, a player on a team that might not make the tournament and another player on a team that might not make the tournament. But this is my prototypical – this is the type of starting five that I want in terms of how I would want my team to play. I hope you viewed it the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna start with, with my big, um, and then I'm going to surround him with a bunch of shooters and some length. So, uh, Zach Eady, uh, if you don't put the National Player of the Year on your – five best players team to play. Well, it's more um, of a style you, thing in terms of I, I really players. put you're an idiot because I know that you probably didn't. So I did not know. Um, Zach said he's averaging 22 points a game, 13 rebounds. He's had eight games of 25 plus. I think they said yesterday he's had six games of 30 and 10. So yeah, I'm going to give it to Zach Eady. Um, he's became, he, he's definitely, he could win most improved player too. He probably will. Right. Um, at least in the Big Ten. I don't know if they do that nationally. I don't think they do. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to have Zach Eady. He's gotten a lot better at passing the ball out of the post. Um, and then I'm going to have uh, Anthony Black as uh, my starting point guard. So I love his length. I talked about him in our preseason basketball thing. Um, but six seven, uh, just plays with a high IQ, and he can rebound, he can pass. Uh, he's averaging 13 a game, five rebounds, four assists. Um, and then I'm going to have a little senior leadership. I'm going to put Courtney Ramey on my team, 41% from three. Uh, I think that that having that older guy, that fifth year, is really big. I wish he was on Illinois this year, but well, let's not talk about that. Courtney Ramey uh, made eight threes and had 26 <laughs> points against Stanford in a loss yeah. Saturday. Literally kept him in the game. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, this is probably my shocker. Uh, I'm going to go with Seth Lundy of Penn State. He's currently sixth in the nation at three points. Um, 
He's only had four games this year where he hasn't made two threes. He went eight for 13 against Nebraska in a loss and seven of 12 versus Indiana. Um, and he also is a guy that, that rebounds too. He's a big body that can shoot. Um, he's averaging about six rebounds a game. And then I'm going to take the best freshman in the country in Brandon Miller. Uh, 19 points a game, eight rebounds, six, nine, long, athletic. He also shoots 42% from three. So I heard he's next Kevin Durant. He is like Kevin Durant, but not. How's that sound? He's like Kevin Durant, but he's probably not going to be a top 10 NBA player of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Same yeah, part. Anthony Black, Courtney Ramey, Seth Lundy, Brandon Miller, Zach Eady would be my starting five if I could pick anybody in college basketball. Sure, sure. Um, my my team would probably beat yours, but I, I don't know, though, because I didn't cheat as much as you did. Uh, all right, let's see here. I'm going to start with my backcourt. Okay. Um, I want vets, but I also need shooting, and I, I do need somebody that can make plays and and get some assists. So my, my point guard is going to be Tiger Campbell of UCLA. Uh, talk about a guy who's probably the most experienced point guard in America. Yeah. Uh, Final Four, how far did they get last year? Sweet 16, Elite Eight, something like that. Oh. Or actually, they got the National Championship two years ago. Or no, Final Four two years ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he's played a lot of games. Uh, let's see. They got two, three, Sweet 16 last year, lost to uh, North Carolina. So a lot of experience. So I'll take that. Uh, I needed a shooter at the two. Um, this guy has a better chance to play in the tournament than Seth Lundy does, but still not a great <laughs> chance. Uh, Antonio Reeves, Kentucky, uh, probably not used enough by Calipari, I would say. Um, yeah. Illinois State transfer has been really good from three. Uh, and he's his minutes, you know, he's been playing a lot more minutes recently. Uh, there was kind of a stretch in late December into January where he, was, where he wasn't playing that much. Uh, but you look at some of these games, he had 27 against Mississippi and six for seven from three, four for eight from three against Georgia with 20 points. Uh, on the season, he is shooting 41% from three. So, yeah, I'll take that up three from last year. So even better than he was at Illinois State. Uh, I also put Brandon Miller in there because you want an elite freshman. You got to, you got to, you know, you got to right. do it. So, right. Uh, then I'm going to take Azulis Tabellis at the four of uh, of Arizona. I think mm-hmm. him and my center underneath should be, you know, a lot for teams to kind of, uh, you know, distract again, like, you know, it's going to distract them underneath having to try to guard these guys and then, you know, move the ball around the perimeter and such. Uh, but if you look at Ken Palm MVPs, which is obviously the most important stat in the history of basketball, <laughs> he has a lot of them. Um, just to count off the top of my head here, let's see, 8, 12, 14, 14 out of 26 games, he has been the MVP in the game completely, like either team. So, He's having a good season, an All-American season. And then I need a guy that can protect the rim and rebound, and that is Armando Baycott of North Carolina, another experienced center. And he would make Edie look like a fool in this game, hypothetically. Ah. Okay, sure, buddy. Yeah, I like guys who can get to national championships, not choke in the tournament like Matt Painter teams do every year. (laughs) Oh, okay. When healthy, vulnerable team. Uh, when healthy, Baycott is uh, almost like probably the third or fourth best center in, in the country. Yeah. So who'd you have go again? 
Uh, Tiger Campbell, Antonio Reeves, Brandon Miller, Azulis Tubelis, and Armando Baycott. So if you go down, okay, Tiger Campbell is better than Anthony Black. Let's be honest. I mean, talent and upside, obviously, it's Anthony Black. But right now, Tiger Campbell, better. They wouldn't guard each other because Tiger Campbell is like 5'11". But still, <laughs> who's your other guard? Or you have two Courtney Ramey. Yeah, Antonio Courtney. Reeves and Courtney Ramey. I think those guys pretty much cancel each other out. Yeah. Um, who, who, you had Lundy? Seth Lundy, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll just uh, – who who do you have at the four? Brandon Miller. Okay, so Brandon Miller cancels out Brandon Miller. Is he going to guard himself? <laughs> and Azulis Dubelis yeah. is better than uh, than Lundy. And then you can have Edie. So I pretty much win uh, two to two. Yeah, okay. Sounds right. Two, two, two one to two is how I win. <laughs> two to two. Two to two, I win. <laughs> two one to two. So all right. I think your last one of these was a cop out like Io and uh, <laughs> I oh, just picked just Illinois. Io and Kofi and Grandison, and <laughs> probably I'm assuming that's that what right. you did. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, games of the week. Didn't really bother to write down the TV networks because it just wasn't listing them on. I was like, I give up. If you can't find it on your TV, figure it the f out yourself. Uh, tonight, three games. It's usually two or three on Mondays. Always something going in the Big Twelve. Uh, but to start, you got Miami at North Carolina on ESPN, 6 o'clock Central. Then you got kind of a stupid classic conference thing where they have two games at the same exact time. Uh, Texas at Texas Tech on ESPN and West Virginia at Baylor on uh, ESPN 2. So which one of those would you rather watch? Probably the second one. Second one. But, I mean, Texas Tech can be hard to play. And if Chris Beard was still coaching, Texas Tech would probably play their greatest game ever. That's true. Uh, Tuesday. A little bit more action here. Missouri at Auburn, 6, six o'clock ESPN2. I did write the TV networks for some of them and all of them on this day. Uh, okay. Creighton at Providence, 6 o'clock FS1. Illinois at Penn State, 6 o'clock ESPNU. Kansas State at Oklahoma, 8 o'clock ESPNU. And Kansas at Oklahoma State, ESPN, regular ESPN. So almost at 2. Uh, Wednesday, probably the best day of games here, I think. Well, Close. Saturday is usually the best, but I think the Saturday is kind of underwhelming. Moving along. Xavier at Marquette, 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. God knows why it's on CBS Sports Network, but whatever. Alabama at Tennessee, probably the best game of the week. 6 o'clock, ESPN 2. Glad I'll miss that one. <laughs> Arkansas at Texas A&M, 8 o'clock. TCU at Iowa State, 8 o'clock. And Indiana at Northwestern, 8 o'clock, Big Ten Network. So some good games there. Thursday, you got Purdue at Maryland, 5.30 p.m. I'm assuming that's probably an FS1 or an ESPN game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah at Arizona, 9 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network, and Stanford at UCLA, 10 o'clock on ESPN2. Uh, Friday, you got an Ivy League battle. Zach, we're doing a Illinois basketball podcast tomorrow. Probably about two-ish would be my guess. So, Yes. Thanks for stopping by for this one, though. Ivy League battle, Yale at Penn, 6 o'clock ESPN News. I'm sure thousands, maybe millions will be watching that one on Friday night. Uh-huh. Terrific, terrific ball. Uh, New Mexico at San Jose State, 930 on CBS Sports Network. Saturday, I'm just going to rattle them off. No times. This, this ranged from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. <laughs> All day uh, long. A game that would feel much more much more better, <laughs> mm-hmm. much more better approaching if, if the Illini win tomorrow, Illinois at Indiana. Uh, Rutgers at Wisconsin, Seton Hall at UConn, Tennessee at Kentucky, Oklahoma State at TCU. Iowa State at Kansas State, Baylor at Kansas, Texas A&M at Missouri, Duke at Syracuse, 
Nevada at Utah State and uh, Michigan State at Michigan on Fox 7 o'clock is that one. And then Sunday, North Carolina at NC State uh, at 12 on ESPN. Ohio State at Purdue. God knows why they keep putting Ohio State on CBS <laughs> at 12. That'll be Because some people thought they were going to be second in the Big Ten. Man, if you're Clark Kellogg and they're like, hey, you're not going to be in the studio this week, you're going to go back to where you went to school and call an Ohio State game, and they're going to score 41 effing points <laughs> against Michigan State. Have fun, dude. And then you yeah. have to interview and talk to all the Michigan State players after the game. Good, good luck. Thanks. And then the guy that we're replacing you in studios on CBS Sports Network all the time and had Indiana as like a two-seed, almost one-seed in his little bracket segment. And then they're calling Louisville a blue blood. What a disaster on Sunday for CBS. Figure it the F out, guys. Get some people on there that actually know ball. All right. Iowa at Northwestern, 5.30 on Big Ten Network, and then Oregon at Washington State, 6 o'clock on FS1. Very underwhelming week of games, I have to say. There's like six or seven games that are actual must-watch for the for the you know the normal person that isn't going to watch almost every single one like us types, us ball types. We know ball. These people don't know ball. That's right. Yeah, so kind of underwhelming week of games. Let's be honest. Kind of kind of a <laughs> shitty Saturday. Let's just you know let's just yeah. put it all out there. Especially with the Saturdays we had, we've had. So, like that's your prime time game, game is Michigan at Michigan State or Michigan State at Michigan. Like that. Eh. Yeah. The yeah. best game is Wednesday. It's Alabama Tennessee, and the second best game is probably on Saturday. But it's like Baylor at Kansas. Baylor Kansas. Yeah. yeah. All right. Final segment, three upset picks of the week. I was one and two last week. Uh, started <laughs> off hot. Loser. Had a West Virginia over Ohio State, and then Oregon lost to UCLA. And then my other one was uh, – hang on, I'll get there. Uh, I don't remember at all. So you go ahead with uh, your thing. Yeah, uh, I was two and one last week. Uh well, you called my cupcake pick Duke over Miami loss. So good, uh, lost in hilarious fashion. Not even <laughs> close. Yeah, uh, Loyola Marymount beat St. Mary's and Missouri beat Tennessee at the buzzer. So I lost on uh, Michigan over Indiana, which thanks Juwan, you could have just drawn something better up and you'd probably win. And then Oregon ran out of steam. We all know Dana tried his best. It's not my yeah. fault. But West Virginia overall, Iowa State nailed it. That was easy. That was the most impressive out of any of the picks. So I really won last week if you think about it uh, that way. That's so, true. all right, three this yeah, week. This go week. Um, I'm going to go with Illinois over Indiana on Saturday. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I mean, you got to think that Brad Underwood has found a way to not let Geronimo get 12 points. So probably not. Uh, if he does that uh, and TJJ gets his 37, uh, Brad's fine with it. So yep. uh, I, I just think that, that Illinois is going to figure out after playing somebody how to win. I know it's going to be in Indiana. So uh, Illinois is probably going to be like an eight point dog in that game, but whatever. Give me Illinois. Uh, and then I'm going to take Baylor over Kansas at Kansas. <sighs> Um, you know, I'm, I'm going with all the tough ones this week yeah. because then I'm going with Maryland over Purdue and then Illinois is going to win the big 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you completely shut that down yesterday. So I know I was, that was me being a smart ass to all the people that think that. So, yep. Uh, we're riding with Maryland over Purdue. I got that as well. Nice. Um, why not? I mean, I don't even know when that game is. Is that game Sunday? I don't know. Who cares? 
I think it's uh nope, it's Thursday. actually yeah, Thursday. it's Thursday. Yeah. Early game. Don't love that. Don't love that. Purdue coming off a loss. Don't love that actually. Now oh, yeah. I think Purdue's about it, probably gonna win by forty, but I think I said earlier that they're gonna win by forty, but I'm <laughs> going with Maryland. <laughs> I think you did. All right. I got Oklahoma State over Kansas. So earlier in the week, that's a Tuesday. Wow. So if if I mean Oklahoma State lost to Kansas by like one or two and they were losing the entire time. Uh, or they were winning the entire time at Kansas in the first matchup. So why not beat them here? Why not? And they're coming off a win over why Iowa not State. Us? Exactly. And then I'm just going to throw this in there just for fun to kind of, it's not, it's an upset, but it's not that big of an upset, but it's a bigger upset than what you had with Miami and Duke last week. Uh, give me, uh, give me, uh, give me Jim Beheim and Syracuse over Duke. Okay. Why not? That's an upset. Right. That counts. Uh, I agree. That is Saturday night, primetime ESPN, Duke at Syracuse. Hype it up. Yeah, hype it up. <laughs> God, those teams suck. Uh, give me an excuse to watch to root for Bayheim and the boys. That's right. Very exciting. Right. So, uh, All right. Uh, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next Monday with this show, probably covering the exact same stuff with a couple extra segments. I think this format works a lot better than me having to talk, not even having to talk, just talking for like two hours. So yeah. It's better. It's uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back next Monday. If you check out the Illini basketball podcast, you're into that stuff, if you yeah. – like the Illini, which most outsiders or even insiders don't. Um, <laughs> we'll be back with that tomorrow, so you can tune into yeah. that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next uh, next week in the countdown to March Madness number three. Goodbye. Later.